just seeing that kind of energy just come alive. I mean, even this week, you can feel it starting to change in Melbourne. It's almost like the week before grand final or just before spring, you know, or just before spring racing starts. You can really feel that energy, that optimism opening up. Today on Dirty Linen, we are talking about something that is definitely top of mind for me and all the people around me, and that is Melbourne restaurants reopening. Goodness me, we've been through the ringer, and once again, we've seen the light at the end of the tunnel, and we are trying so hard to believe in it. I am talking to one of Melbourne's most prominent and chatty restaurateurs. His name is Scott Pickett. Scott, welcome to Dirty Linen. Hey, thanks, Sunny. How are you going? Well, I'm fine. I've got this sort of funny, fluttery feeling. I don't quite know how to feel about things, but I have been booking restaurants and I cannot wait to go out and eat and drink and spend some money. How are things for you? Same. I've got that nervous, fluttery kind of thing that you get before a big event or a big day or something big in your life. I'm kind of nervously excited, champing at the bit, but obviously running around like a crazy man trying to get the venues relaunched and reopened, which we'd kind of had a few plans in place. And then Sunday, you know, was better than what we expected. So now we're just, you know, marshalling the troops and getting ready for Friday. Yeah, so on Sunday, um, the roadmap shifted a little bit where restaurants were allowed to have some diners inside, so 20 inside, 50 outside, um, everyone fully vaccinated. So, I mean, it was it was good news, but there was also a bit of a curveball in that uh, hospitality had been told that people, workers would um, only be, would be able to work with one dose rather than being fully vaccinated. <laughs> um that was how did that news strike you? Good, bad, indifferent. Like I think in the last eighteen months, if there's one thing that I've kind of picked up on is the is the goalpost move. They change daily, uh, weekly, sometimes within four hours when we had to shut down last time. So you just got to react and do the best you can and just work within you know the mandates and the government advice. And look, I mean. I'm really looking forward to when we can do more than 20 inside, but it's more than we expected. It's better than nothing. It's better than just 50 outside in springtime in Melbourne, which unfortunately the weather doesn't look great Friday, Saturday, but we'll just work about, you know, but we'll just work around it. I'm going to supply umbrellas and ponchos so you can sit out there and get wet and have your beer <laughs> and your dinner if you like. I don't mind. Yeah. I mean, the feeling I'm getting from you is that it's like nothing can surprise you and nothing can hurt you now. Yeah, 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 that's kind of it. I mean, look, we've tried to use the last three months, especially uh, by keeping staff employed, by giving them as many hours and shifts as we can, by doing menu testing, menu development, you know, dishes and being ready for this moment. And we had to bring it forward a week, which is kind of great. So I've got final tasting for Long Grain and Estelle tomorrow. Uh, which is the Wednesday, then we'll start prepping tomorrow night and Thursday, and then really we'll just go all systems on Friday. So it's not too bad because we've kind of invested in that, in our staff, in our people, and in our in our food, um, and now we just get back to business. But it'll be good to get the uh, wheels turning again, which is the biggest thing. It's kind of a bit like, you know, the analogy that I've used over the last couple of days. It's like a footy team that's been training all pre-season, and then you come out week one and your first game, and sometimes you sort of smash it out of the park and then other times you're like, actually, we're not match fit. We've got to do this and this and this and then get back to playing our normal routine. So how many venues are you opening on Friday? 
Friday. So we're opening Chancery Lane on Friday, which is the new one in the form of Udamon to the Vikijimi site um, in Little Collins. We're opening Long Grain and Long Song, so upstairs, downstairs. And we're opening a stall for indoor and outdoor. Uh, and Matilda, just by chance, because we were kind of working towards um, kind of a week later, we started building the facade. We're redoing the facade and the front of the building, which started this week. So that'll reopen next Friday. So that misses week one. But, you know, we'll have a new front to the building and a new parklet and a new indoor outdoor to kind of capture that a brunch market and coffee trade and mornings that we've been doing so well during lockdown. So, you know, a few benefits and three in a week's okay to start off with. Well, maybe it's a bit of a blessing that you don't have every gun blazing on the first weekend. It kind of is. It kind of is. It's not great for the bottom line, but it's really good to have those staff from Matilda that can then support, you know, the other restaurants for a week. Uh, And so really we're just bringing that whole team in and sharing them around the venues and it's kind of bit by bit. I normally would just do it all at once, but I think it is a blessing in disguise. Yeah. And what's the response been from diners? You know, did the phones ring off the hook? Was the Did the websites all crash? Like, how did that play out? Uh, the websites didn't crash, fortunately. We've developed those over the last 10 years. They used to in the early days. But the phones have been ringing off the hook. Um, but... Like kind of most of our is online now, really. We've moved to seven rooms over the last couple of years. So it's a really good system that we'd already, again, spent the time with the reservation teams working out different scenarios, different numbers and different things. So on Sunday when we got the announcement, we just had to really just go live and press the button. It's pretty much booked out completely indoors now for the next week. And then outdoor, we're kind of, we're taking bookings, but we're letting everybody know that it's outdoor, that you'll get a confirmation um, on the day that it's up to you if if it's raining or not and there's no cancellation fees or policies. You know, that's just kind of one of the things that we've got to take the risk with with the weather, you know. Yeah, sure. And what about the um, mandatory vaccination for diners? Have you got check boxes on your website? Like how are you, how are you managing that? Yeah, again, that's all through. And so when you set up and you go through, make your booking, your ticky boxes, you do all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we've got kind of extra people working on the night if there's a larger group, you know, just to double check everyone's green ticks when they come through. There's been a little bit of pushback from some people about that. But look, at the end of the day, we've all got to play our part and do our role and we can manage it as best we can. And there might be a couple of little, like, little incidences like along the way, but it's no different, I suppose, to um, if I had a pub or a nightclub and at midnight or 10 o'clock at night someone was a little bit too drunk that had a few too many beers and I had to cut them off. So, look, that's something that's a little bit in in our forefront of a mind that we're can slightly concerned about. But I think that will be one of those things that will build it up to be so much more in our head and then everybody's just happy to be out and about and hopefully it's fucking doesn't become a nightmare. You'd hope so. I mean, there's been so much noise about the need to be vaccinated to book into a restaurant. You just hope that especially restaurants like yours where people are booking ahead, that people aren't trying to, you know, make it difficult for the people that that would love to look after them. Yeah, yeah, look, completely. There might be the odd one now and here and there and around like there is with anything in life, but look, on the whole, staff, yeah, customers, everybody seems to be kind of like, like I think, understanding to what their obligations are, um, what the government directions are. And right now all we can do is follow that and, and just do our best, you know. Mm. And what about staffing? I mean, it's it's all everyone's pretty much talking about. 
How are you finding it, you know, having enough staff to work in the restaurants? Yeah, look, it's really, really tough out there. It's not just me. Look, everybody that I speak to is actually, you know, screaming for staff. I think the sooner that we can get the borders open, whether that be in a month or three months, to fully vaccinated workers coming back to really help. I mean, that's normally what happens this time of year. You get lots of backpackers, lots of Europeans coming through, you know, lots of travellers that kind of bump that up. Um, and maybe if some staff at some stage can come back to Victoria, like a lot of my staff went to New South Wales, but a lot to Queensland. Most of them went actually last year, went in 2020, and they've been up there and they've set up new lives. So whether they end up coming back or it's travellers or we look at ways to really bring new people in, into the industry, it's, you know, it's really, really important like it's my biggest concern you know so we've we're kind of trying to work around that through you know simplifying our menus less dishes less touches on the plate you know rather than having eight or ten main courses we have four you know trying to work within in the levels that we've got and just try to make the food really paired back really simple um and less man hours so that we can execute it it's going to be so interesting. I mean, everybody is having to think about those same things, like how can they deliver a great experience with fewer people to actually do it? It's going to be so interesting to see how that translates and whether it's whether people feel like, you know, they're, they're getting less out of an experience, whether they just don't notice, they're just happy to be there. I mean, it's just, yeah, I really, I think even more than when we opened this time last year, it's more of a consideration. People are understanding that they really appreciate that we've all been through this together, that it's tough times for everyone and that finally you can go out and have a steak and a glass of red and enjoy the little bumps along the way that everybody's trying their best and we're just trying to get our businesses back on their feet and going again too. And that's the biggest thing really. But I think that most people look in the first couple that the, and look, I mean, there's been six now. I lose track of which one was which. Uh, which, but in the first two or three, everybody was really appreciative to be out and sort of back again. Four and five, they were a little bit prickly, especially the last one. They probably won't. They probably weren't as thankful. But I think that was just human nature. That was nothing against people and the dining public. It's just everybody had had enough. And they're at their end tethers, so they were kind of not as accommodating as in the earlier ones, where I think this time it's been, you know, it was supposed to be four days or a week circuit breaker that's been three months. And I think, you know, with the weather coming um, and almost 18 months of this, the people will just understand. And that's, you know, we can just do our best and try. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know you've got the the deli at the airport. Have you thought of um, like scooping people up as they come off the planes when the internationals are able to come in? Well, that'll be nice. I might stand out there with a little sign or something and just do a bit of <laughs> with recruitment help in T3. Sign. <laughs> yeah, 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 with T3, little thing like that. Look, I mean, it's kind of good that we've got sort of multi-venues that are staged over different times as well too with Smith Street Bistro coming on. So we're absorbing the key staff that, that were kind of lined up for there with some of the Conti staff um, that are kind of coming on. So, look, you know, we're juggling, but it's still really, really tough out there and, and you know, making sure that everyone's got their vaxxed and they're fine and in and about. So, look, the 20s is kind of manageable. It's kind of the next stage of when we get to the 50 or, or the 150. I mean, most of our venues will be 50 or, or 
you know, 50 or 60 at once. It's how we can grow. And then hopefully it kind of all comes together. Yeah, I hope really that when the international borders open up, that when the internal borders open up, that when people are looking for casual work and they've come out of hard times, that it kind of just starts to roll and kind of come together. But, you know, with the 20s to the 50s, it's kind of next stage. It's a bit of a tricky one for us. Mm. Do you reckon, I mean, we know that the COVID disaster payment is going to finish at 80% double fax, which is only a couple of weeks away for Victoria. Do you think that's going to make a difference? Yeah, I think that will, look, I think dads will make a big difference. You know, that's been a wonderful support along the way, um, whether it's been the JobKeeper, whether it's been that one kind of disaster relief payment now as well too, but obviously people are going to, you know, need some income, but it's more about if they want to stay in, in in the industry, if they want to get back to the industry or if they want to join the industry. But I think that, look, it's always going to be there. It's a massive problem and it's not a short-term fix, but hopefully over the next sort of couple of months it gets a little bit easier. What would you say to a young person, you know, someone who's just doing their VCE exams like my daughter, for example, what would you say to her to try to attract her to a hospitality career? I'd say now's a really good time to get out of grilled or urban burger and come and join some great restaurants, uh, have some fun, um, enjoy what's a wonderful industry, you know, with the summer months coming along to really just you know, to help Melbourne become a wonderful, vibrant city again that's full of energy and just learn new skills and people skills too, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, I'll pass that on. <laughs> um, and let, let's talk about Melbourne. I mean, what would you say to someone who's scarped off to Sydney or to Queensland? What would you say to somebody to try to, try to sell Melbourne to them again? Well, I think that we're through the hard times, you know, the lockdowns from what I've been told are over. So Melbourne's a wonderful city. I rate it as the best food city in the country, which is whilst I'm based here. Our weather might not be as good as Sydney, but from a cultural food sense and from a sporting sense, I think that it's an amazing city that they should either move back to or think about relocating to. And which of your restaurants do you need them to plug a gap in first? It depends what suits them, actually. If they want to learn some Thai food in a wonderful Thai restaurant, they can work at Long Grain. If they want to learn how to cook over wood and fire, then Matilda's your bag. And if you want to come to back to the OG, the original at Estelle and do Modern Australian, then, you know, we'll find a spot for you here. But, look, we kind of look at different horses for courses and also what people are after as well too. Mm. And what are you excited about for summer? Like if we just perhaps get over this initial um, rush of reopening, what, what what's exciting you, I suppose, food-wise or service-wise, experience-wise about the next few months? Uh, the first thing that I'm looking forward to is taking a fucking break in January and getting out of Northcote, <laughs> <laughs> actually, maybe a week's holiday. That would be the best thing. Look, it's really just... You know, just looking to getting out like our like our lighter summer dishes underway, really. The heirloom tomatoes coming back in, figs coming in, you know, lighter dishes, enjoying the indoor-outdoor experience. I just really want to see people on the streets, you know, with big smiles, whether they're going for walks, whether they're grabbing their morning coffee from Matilda, um, if they're sitting down for lunch on a Saturday or Sunday at the church next door, like in Estelle, in Northcote, just seeing that kind of energy just come alive. I mean, even this week, you can feel it starting to change in Melbourne. It's almost like the week before grand final or just before spring, you know, or just before spring racing starts. You can really feel that energy, that optimism opening up. 
You know, I really agree with you. And even as you say that, I think my my butterflies of nervousness are turning to butterflies of excitement. So I cannot <laughs> wait to see you back out there in the restaurants and to, yeah, watch Melbourne come back to life. Um, this time might be, it might really be it this time. <laughs> It might really be it, Danny. Fingers crossed. But look, also too, you know, we're also well aware that as much as, as I know the government's trying their best doing everything, that there might be little bumps along the way. And, and you know, those nervous butterflies, I think, that we're also feeling inside are, is this it? Um, you know, what happens when we open up completely? Will there be massive daily numbers? You know, will the hospitals be inundated? Look, I don't know, you know, it, is the vaccine going to be enough at this stage, you know, to really keep things going? But that comes down to the health system and to just appreciating and understanding whilst we've all done it extremely tough that I'm, that I'm not a frontline worker. I'm not dealing with the hardships and all the ups and downs that people have in the, uh, in, in the medical sector. So just to be aware for it as much as it kills me and it's hard on everybody, you know, I hope this is the last one, but, you know, but only time will tell, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's so well said. I think as much as, you know, people want a great experience, you know, we would need to remember if we're waiting a bit longer for our drink or our schnitzel that, um, you know, we're not in a hospital turning over a patient who's finding it hard to breathe. So, um, yeah, definitely got to keep it in perspective and take take the wins and the joys where we find them and, yeah, just stay grateful. Yeah, that's a great way to summarise, actually. Just enjoy having a cold beer in the sun and if it takes a couple of minutes longer or if your dinner's not quite there or if it's not the right fork or the spoon, you know what, just ask for a different one and just lay back and appreciate the, you know, the, you know, the finer and the smaller things in life. 100%. All right, Scotty, well, good luck with it all. Um, and, yeah, see you back out there in marvellous Melbourne. I am. I am and I'll see everyone out and about, Danny. Can't wait and thanks very much for having me on. No worries. Take care. Cheers. Bye. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.